All right, now that you flipped the tape over, you have found part two of the definitive one through five, six through ten, casual hour, <laughs> game of the year. The B-side. The B-side and rarities of the casual hour. Um, hey, thank you so much for sticking this out with us. This is the one, as they say, this is worth all the marbles. This is it. This is the big show. So we're not going to do, we're not going to decide on like a definitive casual hour best game of the year because I, I think our tastes are just a little too different. Uh, and that's what makes us unique. That's probably why you listen to us. Yeah. I, I highly doubt your number one is the same as my number one. No. So uh, there's not going to be a consensus there. So we're just going to list them off and talk about them a little bit. Um, no, I haven't seen your list. Right. And I haven't seen yours. You haven't seen mine. I can take a pretty good guess at some of the ones that are on it. We did have <laughs> uh, an audience member write in. We did. Um, so we will be reading uh, some of Johnny Amazich's top five games alongside ours. Yeah. Let's let's wait on that, though, because I want to do... Uh, let's get through our 10 to 6, because we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about these. I think it's mostly like... Well, mostly just listing them, and then if you have a, a little sentence or two to say about a game, you know, go for it. And, but, this, this is going to be rapid fire. Like. I, yeah, I feel that the people who are here with us have been with us for a while. Mm-hmm. And so you've heard us talk about these games probably more than you care. But we have to write, we just have to put a bow on it and call it, call it a day. Definitely. Yep. Bobby, what is your 10 through 6 top games of the year? Number 10, mm-hmm. Persona 5. Wow. Okay. Number 9, Monument Valley 2. Number 8, Golf Story. Number 7, Assassin's Creed Origins, and number six is Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. I feel like I definitely know what the five are going to be. <laughs> um, how do you th- how do you feel about my my ten through six? I I felt I think I probably I thought Persona might be a little higher. Okay. Um, I'm a little surprised Kingdom Battle's that high. Uh, not not that it's a bad game. Right. Like I, I'm surprised you took to it as much as you did. I mean, I, I think you took to it more than I did for sure. Or Johnny. Um, hmm? I know Johnny really liked it, but I think yeah. out of the three of us, minds thinking, I, I think you were probably the biggest mm-hmm. fan of it, which is surprising. Like that sounds like the game that I would probably like. With yeah. The strategy. Angle. You were rubbing off on me, man. <laughs> I guess so. Um, I mean, the rest of that stuff makes makes some pretty pretty good sense. I, I guess I figured Monument Valley would be a little higher for you as well. I know that that first game means a lot to you. The, the first game means a lot more than this one did. Um, and I'm just going to put this out there too. Like, I went ahead and I just collected just from like a statistic standpoint. I have the Metacritic score and the end user score. And so for Persona Five, it was a 93 and a 9.1. Uh, 93 being the Metacritic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monument Valley 2 is an 83 and a 7.6. Golf Story, 78 and an 8.6. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is an 80 and a 7.0. And then Mario plus Rabbids is coming in at uh, 85 and an 8.7. You did more effort than I did. I did not put any score stuff. <laughs> no worries at all. <laughs> all right. My 10 through 6. Yes. Uh, my number 10 is near Automata. That low, uh, it it snuck in. Like I really, it wasn't originally in my top ten, but I really want to give this game its due because I I really enjoyed that story. Sure. Um, my number nine is The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which I'm surprised made it at all. You know, I listen. I'm I'm very surprised by that. Mm-hmm. 
I can argue why you're wrong. It's but <laughs> it's I, a fantastic game. It's not a fantastic chase game, but I recognize its brilliance in a, no, in a I, number of different categories. And I actually ended up having a great time with it, despite it falling into the same Zelda trap as every other Zelda game. I've almost every other Zelda game I've played. Just got is, near the middle of it and left it alone. I know we're trying to be like time on task yeah. here, but your st- your favorite one is Link Between Worlds, right? Uh, yeah, A Link Between Worlds, or maybe Oracle of Seasons and Ages. I like those probably go back and forth on my top. Side. I think that's important for listeners to know because, again, like that's a game that's going to be very near and dear to a lot of people, mm-hmm. and for you to have it on your list, especially at nine, having a barometer, so to speak, for for yeah. that. Uh, my number eight is Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Mm-hmm, which was a good game. I would say better than Zelda. <laughs> um, There's other people who agree with you. Not, not by a whole lot, but it's, it's a little better for me. Seven is Golf Story, and six is Super Mario Odyssey. Okay. So I feel like wow. I, basically, <laughs> I basically said your top five as my bottom five. Uh, you know, I, we were really close on Golf Story. Man, I, I, we were really close. I kind looking over this list again. I want Golf Story to be even higher. Like that Golf Story deserves to be in my top five almost. Like I, I'm going to give you it right now me. in front of all of our friends and family that's mm-hmm. listening. If you want to make a change right now, you can before we go forward. I'll give you one last on air. No. On air edit if you want it. Like for game my, of the year. Mm, no, I don't think so. I, I, okay. I, it, it hurts me not to have it there, but okay. Golf Story is so good. It's and Golf Story is so such a personally good game for me. We we talk about it. I've I've mentioned it a million times at this point. Sure, like that game. I, I am one of the few out there that holds that torch for for Mario Golf on the Game Boy Color. I think and, that mm. for you running a a podcast with me that we talk about gaming in general, but then to have one that is so finessed around gaming on the go. When I saw Golf Story, I was like, there couldn't be a more chase game. It works out really well. It hits all the right notes for you. It, it's, it's a great game. Uh, yeah, and then Super Mario Odyssey is a fantastic game. And it's it's one of the best games of this year, period. It's one of the best games ever, period. Uh, again, like I I know that I have like these personal quirks and things of, of what I want out of my specific yeah. games. And I'm sure you'll see that as I go into my top five. But... Mario Odyssey's great, and I have a feeling that Bobby might uh, speak about it more as we get into our... Well, yeah, and what I love about what we're doing so far here is that, um, you know, early on in the show, you talked a lot about how Snipper Clips is the best game for the Switch, and I can't wait to hear where that's at on your list Uh, here. Mario Kart's the best game on the Switch. Well, I I just remember you saying that Snipper Clips is... Yeah, it's like a best co-op game. Oh, oh. right. Yo, like when when the the launch games first came out, and and I said that if... if, uh, if Breath of the like Snipper Clips is a better game than Breath of the Wild, and that I'd like eat my shoe or something. Yeah. If, uh, if Breath of the Wild yeah. ended up being higher than Snipper Clips, yeah. Well, I still have five games to tell you. Wonderful. I can't if that's wait. the case, it's not the case. I'm sorry, Snipper Clips. I love you. <laughs> I, I think the problem was I didn't get to play enough Snipper Clips. Like that's that's, that's a game I'm not going to play. We're going to make up for that though. Yes, we're going to make up for that. So retroactively, I'm sure Snipper Clips will beat Breath of the Wild easily. But yeah, it's yeah. That's it hurt. It hurt. It hurt to know that I said that thing a long time ago, and now I have to eat my words. So uh, here's what I'm thinking. Um, do you want to get through Johnny's list like real quick, and then we can get into the to well? The I didn't. Stuff? So I thought <laughs> that's true. Here's what I was thinking we could do. You yeah. have his list, right? Yes. 
So why don't we kick off like number five, number four, number three with Johnny's, and then we'll list ours. Okay. Well, he has six here. So he like, does. His, well, well, he has an honorable mention. His honorable mention was Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus. So that was his number let's six. Call that number six. Okay. Uh, so now we'll move into his five. Okay. Uh, Johnny's number five was Persona Five, which that that works out. That's fives. He's he likes to fives are numbers. That that does make sense to me. <laughs> uh, Chase, what about you? What's your number five? My number five game is ah, man. I can't believe it's only five. It should. It seems like it should be way higher. It's Fire Emblem Echoes: Shadows of Valentia. I'm really shocked by that. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> with the last two mainline Fire Emblem games, Awakening and Fates, have both been my games of the year for their respective years of release. And I expected Fire Emblem Echoes to be the exact same thing. I, it's like almost a foregone conclusion that, of course, yeah, that one's just going to be there. Um, and it's not to say I didn't like some of the changes they made. They're, I mean, they, they've taken away the weapon triangle because it, it's a remake of Fire Emblem 2, mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Gaiden, which never came to America, so it's not like a game that I've played. But it's a game that takes uh, inspiration from an old, old game. This caused you to read some older literature, right? Yeah, no, I, I read I read plenty of stuff about it, and and have watched a lot of YouTube videos of people talking about uh, this game. But the way they built it is very different from a, a more modern Fire Emblem game, like these. Uh, it has it has modern stuff in it. Like it's, this is the first fully voice acted Fire Emblem game, right? And it shows, and it's really good. The voice acting is amazing in this game. Um, is there a good localization for it? Yeah, uh, this is this one was done by Eight Four again. And okay, like Eight Four fucking knocks it out of the park. Fates was done by the Nintendo Treehouse that does a good job. Sure, um, but Awakening was also Eight Four, and like you can. There's a qual. There's just like this quality sure, that, that you can't quite put your finger on, but there's a quality that Awakening and Echoes have that uh, that Fates just doesn't quite get. Um, anyway, so lacks of good stuff, but there's also lots of changes. It's very different from the Fire Emblem that yeah. I know and love uh, because it doesn't have the weapon triangle. It doesn't have weapon degradation. Um, it uh, it doesn't deal with skills the same way. You get skills out of your weapons. Uh, instead of getting skills through your classes, you're not you're not reclassing characters all that often. Uh, it's it was a different way of playing playing Fire Emblem. Even if the core thing is I'm gonna you know keep my archers this many things away, this many unit spaces away, and, and shoot from there. And the, the strategy part is somewhat similar, but uh, it, just little mechanical changes. And I liked I liked a lot of it. I th- I liked the story a lot. I I liked a lot of the things that they were doing, but it it wasn't it didn't have the the legs that Awakening and Fates did for me. Fates had legs because it was one. It was three games in one. Right. And and it had a lot of stuff that you interacted with other people uh, after you finished the game with. And Awakening as well. There was a lot of street pass stuff that was going on. Uh, it was reclassing my characters ad nauseum so I could get all the skills on all the characters that I wanted. It was going through multiple times so I could marry, pair up the characters in different ways to get the different children characters. And and Echoes just doesn't have that. It is it is more by the book, straight Fire Emblem stuff. And and not the one that you would start with. It's if you've awesome. Never played right. 
Yeah, I would say if you've never played a Fire Emblem game, that's not one that I would would suggest. Awakening. You. Yeah, I, Awakening is still kind of the gold standard, okay. and and then, uh, but but I could see you going to Fates or Echoes right after that, cool. pretty easily, and hopefully going to the Switch version. Yeah, I mean, look, I know that this is a very important series to you, I'm, big time. Uh, like, and it's one that I haven't, I don't have a lot of history with, and I'm trying to change that. I think once uh, once we've gotten Game of the Year out of the way. I'm going back and I'm going to play those Game Boy Advance games and who knows, maybe I'll even dig into older ones than that. But. Here's the thing too for me, like we're partners in the show and this is something that I've never really been able to relate to you with. Yeah, you need to get on board. And so <laughs> I do have a... Uh, Especially with how much you enjoyed uh, Mario and Rabbids this year. I think, yeah. uh, I think you're going to find some similar uh, cool strategic elements in Fire Emblem that you'll probably get a kick out of. And so when I look at um, what's going on for, like, we, we set a game, uh, I'm sorry, we set basically like a commitment at the top of the year, mm-hmm. like, this is what we're going to be doing, our New Year's resolutions. 2018, I'm going to play more Fire Emblem games. Yeah. that's I'm calling it now. Cool. Uh, my uh, New Year's resolution last year was to play 12 RPGs in 12 months. And I've played 12 RPGs in 12 you, months. Yeah. I didn't write about the but 12. But you've done 12. it. I've, I've you've done, done it. it. I've done it. Uh, I don't know. I, that, that was a hefty load. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, and especially when we got into kind of game of the year time, some of that stuff kind of faded away a little bit. I, I'll try to get back to writing those things. Anyway, not the point. Bobby Pease, what is your number five game of the year 2017? You tell me. Your number five. I'm gonna say your number five was uh, Mario. No. Shit. All right. Now tell me. Destiny two. Destiny two. Okay, that's fair. Um, so I know that we'll, we'll talk a lot about this game. We've talked a lot about this mm-hmm. game. Um, Destiny two is a game that it builds so well. I think on a lot of the mechanics of Destiny one, it misses on a lot of the great things about Destiny one. It is not perfect by a long shot, but man, I've I've had probably more fun than any other game. And I think it really helped that we started that game as a group. Yeah, Destiny One for me was a was a very solo experience, uh, and only till kind of the very end when Rise of Iron came out, that's when you and I started playing together. Yeah. You and I met each other enough to to play together, and then we started right. playing a lot, and that was that was great. Uh, but even as a two-person group, there were a lot of things that we couldn't tackle together, like Nightfalls. We'd had to find a third or, or something like that. Um, and I, Whereas going into this game with three people right off the bat and being able to experience pretty much all that game had to offer outside of the raid, uh, we, I think we got the most out of that we could and are continuing to. Like We, we were just playing Curse of Osiris last night. And yeah. I'm gonna like I, I'm all in on Destiny. Mm-hmm. Like I have everything pre-ordered. Like I'm that terrible guy that continues the trend. But it's a game that I really appreciate. We haven't spent any more money on bright engrams though. Like with the new DLC that come that came out, we still haven't spent we haven't spent any money now. I oh oh I haven't spent any money on bright engrams. I rolled the dice once. Oh okay. <laughs> I rolled the dice once and guess what? Nothing good happened from it. Of course not. Of course um, not. So Destiny 2 has an 85 Metacritic and a 5.3 user score right now, and I'm sure that's lower. I think that's backlash. I mean, that's of course, that's backlash yeah. from loot box stuff. Right. Um, I, it seems... God. I, I love Destiny 2, and I hate Destiny 2. I hate Destiny 2 because of what it does to gaming websites. 
Like, yeah, it's, like gaming news websites specifically, it is. It's it's just so many Destiny stories, and I'm sure they all traffic really well for them. But it, I had a conversation sick of it. with an unnamed person that happens to be my cousin, and uh, they were telling me about all the things that were wrong with Destiny Two. Of course, two days before Osiris came, uh-huh. and I've seen you on there quite a bit lately. Yep, there he is. Just step back into it, but I'll say this much. And even even like Johnny, like Johnny's texting us, late, and he's not even playing. Yeah, he's like, "Hey guys, did you see that? The bullshit, you know, bullshit. Now they now right. they took away some content that there used to be." I was like, "God fuck!" It's like I just. I play that game enough that I'm so deep into it, I I kind of need a break when I'm not playing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those situations where I look at it and it's just like, this game is exactly what it said it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has been that. And I'm not going to talk anymore about this game. I've talked about this game enough. Yeah. You guys know where I stand with it. Um, what is Johnny's number four game? Johnny's number four is Night in the Woods, <laughs> which I think we'll probably be talking about that game a little more very soon. Um, Bobby, why don't you tell me what your number four is? My number four is Night uh, in the Woods. What? Okay. Wow. I thought I thought Night in the Woods was going to beat Mario for you. Okay. Well, let's talk about Night in the Woods then. Well, what's, what's your number four? I don't know. Let, okay. That's not the way we do uh, this. <laughs> so, oh, yours isn't Night in the Woods? No, it's not <laughs> Night in the Woods. I'm sorry. Uh, I was hoping we'd all have that. Uh, that would be cool, but... Um, yeah. So... For me, I feel I've said a lot about this game in the last four hours. <laughs> but what I'll say is this: is that um, for those of you who maybe missed the first episode of this or the first part, there's a lot of um, emotional identification in that game that resonates to a very deep level with me. Uh, the gameplay that is fine. It's I mean, there's not a lot to it. You move here, you jump here. You can do some little neat things like walking on wires and bouncing on cars, but. The relationships you build, the the fully thought out characters that are in that game, your core characters, the NPCs are kind of squirrely too. Like there's the beatnik poet and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But I do feel that all in all, this game goes to some places uh, on an emotional level that if you've gone through what I would consider like early twenties and on, uh, sometimes in your teens, if if you happen to have a little bit more rough go at it, it's a very much a, a resonating game uh, coming of age and. It uses, we've talked a little bit about this offline and online, but when a game decides to, or when a story decides to use gaming as a medium to tell a story for impact and Mm -hmm. identification, when you put yourself and you're making these moves and these choices, you can't help but feel like, well, I'm doing this because I've done this. And like, I, I want, I want to know what this is like from, you know, from somebody else that was watching me do it. Mm -hmm. And I said in the last episode, uh, I remember having some conversations with my mom, especially across the, the kitchen table. That were not easy and realizing that maybe I caused some shit and like this game took me back to some places that I, I wasn't really ready for and I was happy to be able to reflect on them in a way that was through gaming which is something very near to me but also from like a point that this was now about 10 years removed for me and so to be like okay like I went through this period 10 years ago what have I done to correct it and where is May going to end up at um you also get to smash fluorescent light bulbs with a bat. You get to do that, which is fantastic. And you get to do a little stabbing <laughs> game, which is great, too. Oh, uh, the stabbing game. Oh, that hurt me physically. I, I just, it was hard to oh, watch, right? I, oh, man. It was hard to watch. <laughs> I, I have to agree with that you. Game that game is so charming. Uh, the, the writing is so on point. Uh, every character feels like they have their own story to tell, and they tell it in a, in a very strong way. 
Uh, I know that I've said I have problems with the ending of that game. I think they get into some stupid supernatural stuff and then kind of try to say like, nah, it wasn't really. We got you though. And you're like, right. no, you guys are just, this just sucks. Uh, but before that, I, I think the story is super well done. Um, and, and it makes you feel, feel for these characters in a way that a lot of games just don't end up I, making that happen. I will say this too. Possum Springs. So I, I, my hometown, I, I spent 20 years there of my life. Mm-hmm. And when I, every time I go home, which it seems to be fewer and fewer times a year now, but every time I go home, it's just like, did I not notice all this shit when I was living here? Or <laughs> is it something that I've just like, it's gone to shit since I've left. And I, I, it's weird to see the same people there that, you know, you grew up seeing there and knowing that like yeah. for 30 plus years, I've been in the same shit. It's just like that game, uh, I told Johnny to play that game because I felt like he was going through some of these things. I'm like this might be a good a good practice for you, and I think it's one of those stories that um, it's important. I think it's a very important game for people to play. Yeah, uh, I come from a small town as well, and going back, like, it's it's not something where uh, I'm going to go back and talk to specific people all the time. But I can go back and yeah, hey, there's that building. It's still there. It's still the exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, there's that person who you know mows their lawn at this time, and you know, <laughs> yep, they're still there. And I'm going to wave to them. Wearing and they're going to wave at me. And it's yeah, there's there's something about this game that that hits us both. I mean, we're we're rural Midwestern yep. guys, uh, or at least we used to be. Yeah. Uh, now, now we're city boys. City boys. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's there's something that, that hits on your roots there that, that is important. And the reason I'm happy to jump in so much and talk about it now is because it didn't make my top ten list. I I had a lot of I mean I had a lot of fun with that game, but it's it's hard to fit. I get it, man. It's a good it's a good year for games. It's not it's not like my favorite year for games. Right. I know a lot of people are going to love everything here. Right. And there were times this year where I talked about how disappointed I was in a lot of different things and how I wished things were a little bit better than they were. Um, and I think 2018 is the, the year that... The year it's for me uh, with, with a lot of the games that are, are coming out. Uh, but, but this year has been, overall, objectively, a really good year for games. Yeah. And there are a lot of really quality titles that will fill up people's top ten lists all over the place. Sure. My number four is Persona 5. Okay. Um, and part of me is very surprised and a little disappointed that it's so high on my list. Why? Because um, you hated the first 20 hours of it? Yeah, I might have mentioned that once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this is one of the last times I'll mention. We had a category of the most annoying characters in that game. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm such a Persona fan. Right. Um, I, I'm not going to say I'm a good Persona fan but because I... I haven't played much of three. I haven't played any of the earlier titles, although I purchased all of them. Um, and I've I've watched I have watched both Persona Four anime anime yeah. shows. Um, and anyway, so I I, I love Persona Four Golden uh, on my Vita. I played that game a lot, um, and I was very excited for Persona Five. Like this is a brand new Persona game. It's on next gen consoles. Uh, it's I'm I'm gonna get to play it in the zeitgeist with everyone else. Right. And man, when I started that game, it just was rough. I I didn't like the writing. 
Uh, I I thought the char- the dialogue was just your hand gets forced a lot. Yeah, it, it does in ways that does don't make sense. The the characters make these unforced errors mm-hmm. of uh, of story. Like the, just the way the game was written doesn't make sense in a lot of ways right. at the early game where it should it it should be the most clear. It should be the most uh, understanding because players are getting into the story and they want to understand where they are, who they are, who they're interacting with. And I think that's the part of the game that it drops the ball on the most. But then it starts to to pick it up. It starts yeah. to uh, to understand where it's going. And and I think it was we talked about it during moment of the year. But like when Makoto gets her her persona uh, during the bank Johanna. palace, I think that is a, a good place to point to. Of yeah. this is kind of where the game turns for the better. Yeah, and. And I don't know if that's just because once Makoto gets added to the team that she brings a, a balance to to the cast that, that really helps it out. But uh, like that from then on, which is 80 plus hours for me, I had a blast. And I got back into my persona groove right. and it felt great to go out and, and see people and to figure out like, okay, how many, to, to start mathing it out of, Okay, I need to go back to to this person so many days, and okay, well now I need to go to the burger place and and get this thing done. And there was those days that you could like go and knock out a few things. Like if I go here at this time of day, I can still like you could like start to cascade like mm-hmm. and just really like grind it out. In in the middle part of that game where you're just unlocking the social links or the confidant ranks. Uh, like constantly, mm-hmm. that's that's where that game just feels so good. You're getting everybody, you're getting insight into everybody's stories. When you uh, you get rewarded by getting uh, by getting skills that you can bring into the the dungeons and palaces. Uh, I I was I started out by hating Mementos. I thought Mementos was dumb. It's it's basically kind of like Tartarus from Persona Three, where it's just one big dungeon yeah. that you keep going up. Um, and in and it just it was the same it was all samey like every yeah, single level was... of that felt the same. But even then, I started to get into it because now I have Mementos contracts to find. There, yeah. there are certain people, there are certain bits of story that I get out of Mementos. Yeah. That even though the uh, like the visuals themselves are kind of bland or at least get get boring, yeah, it was hard to spend a lot of time there. Yeah, I, I ended up having a great time. I I didn't max out everybody's level like I did in Persona Four, but I, I certainly played a lot. I unlocked a lot of the personas. Uh, Persona Fusion is still fantastic, and I think they found ways of of expanding the the fusion yeah. system even more. I had fun with that. It's some good stuff. Yeah. It's it's a fantastic game. I, I think the ending is pretty good, one fight notwithstanding. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you, it's, it's. If you would have told me that Persona would be on my top ten list, yeah, a, a year ago, I, I'm happy right. to happy to see it made your top ten list at yeah. all, and and it's my number four game. I again, this was this was a game early in the year. I was thinking like, well, that's number one with a bullet, no problem there. Um, like it was it was going to be that or Fire Emblem, and to see neither of them make the right. the top top spot uh, was was interesting to me. Totally. All right. What's Johnny's number three? Johnny's number three. Johnny's number three is Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. So for me, it's not, obviously, because uh, that was my number eight. Uh, for me, it's Sonic Mania. 
I like Sonic. Me, I. That's I've a said, good spot for it. I've for said you. this before. Like I'm, I'm way more of a Sonic kid than I was a Mario kid growing up. Yep. I, I, I had Mario games and I enjoyed them, but there was something about playing Sonic Two, especially. I could play that game forever. There was a risk to Sonic that there wasn't just, in Mario. It was. It was edgier. It was. Yeah, there was something more to it. Like the, the it was music. Aggressive. The, the music was more aggressive. Like you're speeding through things. I, I get. I. I I understand that Mario is functionally better than Sonic. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to argue that Sonic is actually the better game. I just like Sonic more than I like right. Mario. Um, and I've, while I'm not like the mega Sonic fan that's making furry art or something or sending death threats to Sega or thinking that every Sonic game is going to be golden right. even when they're all trash at this point uh, there is that little part of me that has always thought like man it'd be great if a new Sonic game came out and, and really did well and I've I've played or purchased a good number of them I played Sonic Generations which was pretty decent not great but it was pretty decent I played some Sonic Colors which was like a lot of these ones that were almost good, yeah. Um, and then there are ones that are just bad. Like I didn't play Sonic and the the Black Knight or Sonic and the Sword of Rings or something like that. Um, I didn't. I played a tiny bit of Sonic 2006, um, and I bought it like used for two bucks. <laughs> that, that game's bad. Yeah. Um, I played a demo for Sonic Unleashed. You've, you've You've really tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. I've tried, I, and and like a Sonic Four, uh, Episode One, like that that was the one that was supposed to be it. Like, oh, this is it. It's a downloadable right. title. Nope. It's a two D side scroller, just like Sonic was, and it had all sorts of mechanical problems. Like, just nope. momentum wise, that game was trash. Um, but Sonic Mania pulls it pulls it out. Like people people who made this game understand what Sonic is. They nailed it. They just nailed what yeah. the feel of a Sonic game should be. Uh, it brought in references not just from Sonic games that I love, like or forgotten Sonic games that I love, like Knuckles Chaotix and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, but also as a person who read those Archie comics, uh, there were references to characters that I would see in those comic books, and you wouldn't see in in the games, because why would you see them in the games? Isn't there a part, like, wasn't there some rabbits in that game that you had to fight? Some rabbits. Like the magic, the magic hat, like the magic trick? Wasn't there a rabbit involved in that, like one of the, the baddies there? Like, Man, I don't remember. It was the level with the train, I think, where you had to like do the magician, and it had a rabbit that you fought. Was it a rabbit? For whatever reason, I kept associating that with... Are you with, sure you with, don't remember? That's Mario Odyssey. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like the Brutals, and then I think that there was a... Uh, those were like the egg the egg dudes. There was, egg they were robots. from something. It was like a magician that would like... Was, oh, on the train, uh, I don't think it was a rabbit, but it was like the, the different Sonic characters from, uh, I think the game is Sonic Crackers, maybe, but it's okay. also a lot of those characters show up in the comic books, too, okay. like like Knack the Weasel, although I think they call him Fang in that. Yeah, that's but, it. So like, but I yeah. just, like, that whole thing Sonic is like... Sonic Fighters, too, is yeah. a lot of those characters from that. I knew that you were a huge fan of this game. Uh, you were extremely excited. We were recording a podcast... And this game was, we thought we were just going to unlock during the podcast and yeah. end up being like two in the oh, morning. Man. I still woke up early that next day and played like three three zones before, and you were in. before you were I had to go in. to work. Like, man, I, I love that game a lot. Anyway, uh, so yeah, Sonic Mania is my number three game of the year. How about you, Bobby? What is your number three? Interestingly enough, this is where Mario comes in, right? This is where Mario yeah, comes this in. This is where Mario comes in. And so 
Sonic and Mario. Here we are, mm-hmm, sitting one mm-hmm. across one another at a table, no less. Um, Mario's really good. Man, that game... Is it the best Mario game? <sighs> I mean, here's the thing. Like, I need to let that sit and sit I, for I a understand. Bit. There's some recency bias that's, that's but possible with I that. Would but say, I would say that it's... Yeah, it's mechanically... What, what's the choice? Like, what is your current best favorite Mario game? Or... Super Mario World. Okay, so Super Mar- the, really the choice is between Super Mario World and Super Mario Odyssey, yeah. which are very different style games. Obviously, one is 2D and one is one I d- 3D, but... I'll have to see what nostalgia does here, because for me, like, I, I don't know if it's just... Uh, there's so much that I play now, and uh, or, or what it is, but like, I think about nostalgia differently than I do uh, for when I was young playing games. And there's some very strong emotional ties to that game for me. And it was like the first game that like I beat, you know, like and I think about that. Right. Um, but for this game, I do not remember playing a game by myself um, just with like how much I was smiling. And I think that there was like times where I was audibly laughing and I was just like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Like when you first throw your hat on that stupid fucking frog <laughs> and it does that quick pan in and he's got the mustache and it's just like, yeah, like there was something like I was gripped at that point in time. And Mario is a character that I've always rooted for and I've always wanted to be like what I go back to. And when the Switch came out this year, I was like hoping that there would be a standalone Mario and like Mario and Rabbids, as you've heard, I, I love that game. But with this, but it's not a Mario game. It's not a Mario game, and to be able to have those sounds and those feelings come back in a game that mechanically is without doubt the best Mario game ever created. Um, Story wise, I mean, it's a Mario game. You know what you're getting into. So for me, I think that it does some things where it is the absolute best story they could tell with Mario. And it brought back Nintendo, and it brought back Mario, and it's just a fucking marvel to play that game. From a mechanical standpoint, it's incredible to, to just the the ability, the amount of movement options you have from the very beginning of the game. You you aren't gaining any new abilities as you as you go through, other than capturing new enemies and being right. able to use their powers for limited amounts of time, but. Uh, just the the freedom of movement you have. I I feel like if I tried to go back and play Mario sixty four today, I would really struggle because I'd be wondering where my butt stop butt stomp jump is, <laughs> or like I want to throw my hat and jump off the hat and do another dive and yeah, like like there's just like like the, the freedom the, of movement is well and Nintendo and knows sublime. how devoted and obnoxious its fans are. And so, like, they hide things in that game for those people, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, There's some really tough challenges later in that game. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really something. And I, like, one of the other things that I really just appreciate is how I feel like they really learned from Sunshine. In, yeah. in that Sunshine has a gimmick mm-hmm. with Flood. And every sing, almost every single thing in that game is built around Flood and using Flood in some way. And Mario Odyssey has a gimmick of its own, the capture stuff, being able to throw Cappy, being able to capture uh, opponents and then use them in different ways. But it it has a um, it has like a restraint to it that allows you to to sometimes you don't have to use Cappy for something. Right. It's just this is 
good, difficult Mario platforming, and you're going to enjoy that now. Right. And now here's some parts where you're going to use Cappy in certain ways, and now here are ways that you take over uh, one of the opponents or one of the enemies and now use them in interesting ways. And it, it finds this really great pacing and balance between all of it's, those states. It's What's interesting about this game to me is that it is, on one hand, a beginning, and on the other hand, it feels and plays like a swan song. Mm-hmm. And like that, like if this was, if somebody were to say to you, hey, just so you guys know, that was it for Mario. We're retiring that character, which will never fucking happen. <laughs> of course. But if that was it, like if this was it for Mario, his last one, what a fucking send off that yeah, would be. Totally. I mean, it's a perfect, it's a perfect send off for people. Like if that was the last Mario game I ever played, I would be happy. Mm-hmm. If this was the first Mario game I ever played, I'd be excited. And so I think to be to be able to have a game that does both of those, like I don't necessarily want another Mario game right now. No, I, I mean, there's so much left in Odyssey that I haven't done. Right. That I I could totally see myself going back and playing more Odyssey. Because I, there's more to explore. There's more to do, and I'm excited to do that. I, I'm not I'm not done with that game by any stretch. Right. Uh, not, like, not just within, like, not having enough, uh, not having all the, the items in it, but my brain's not done with that game. Sure. I want to go back, and I want to do And I more. think taking a break from it is the right thing to do. Yeah, totally. But now I have that Luigi suit, so now I'm totally ready to go around. Absolutely. And, Just be yeah. Luigi. Yeah, those suits are so good. They are, man. <laughs> so what Johnny uh, put down for number two? Johnny's number two was Super Mario Odyssey. So I know he loved that game. Yeah, hey, it's, it's, it's a good game. It's hard. And you know what? I think, I think that's a valid spot for it, too. Like, mm-hmm. I, have no, I have no argument with that being two. Totally. Uh, what is your number two game? What is my number two game? It's Horizon Zero Dawn. It's Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, I was completely blown away by this game. Uh, for me, I think that this is like I think that Sony's had Crash Bandicoot. I think that they've had Nathan Drake. I think that um, I look at just the Uncharted series. You as think a, like Aloy is their next big bet of like this is they're all in on it. Like not necessarily. I, I mean, I wouldn't say she's like full blown mascot, but she is. She's the face of that company now, in a way. So for me, let me on a very personal level, like mm-hmm. I never had that connection to Sony on a character level. Like there's people who are like, oh, Naughty Dog, like Nathan Drake, like Uncharted yeah, is the greatest thing ever, or Parappa, or Ratchet right. and Clank. Like or, I mean, Jack, I had, a, I had a PS2, but like I was playing like EA games, like EA Sports games and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I finally had. Well, I guess I could go back and say I mean, that. They, like, they've never had their Master Chief. They've never had their right. Mario. They've right. never had their Sonic. I and mean, Kratos is probably the closest thing to something like right. that. And I don't like those games. Even yeah, even Kratos, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. So for me, this was it. Like I, I finally found that with my PlayStation experience, and like I'm so happy because of it. Um, I have never felt more satisfaction from a combat in a game, like gameplay wise. Like, just the innovation of, like, the weapons. Like, when it was a bow and arrow, I was just thinking, like, okay, well, that's cool. Like, that'll be fun. But the way that they make you feel when you're doing that and, like, the the jumping and the dodging and the slowing down mm-hmm. and knowing that, like, all right, I'm going to flip this over really quick and I'm going to tie you down. I'm going to do a quick blow, get back, the movement off of mounts, like, what they've added into it. Like The combat is so good in that game. And, and my still my favorite part of that game is being able to override... Uh, the big, yes. the big monsters, and then have them fight each other, and to just sit back—that was that was my favorite thing to do was to hide in the tall grass, whistle for something to come over, and override it, yep. and then let shit go down crazy, and then right. I can kind of clean up the mess. I, I know that's like a very passive way of playing, but I was 
uh, that that was great stuff. The only thing I wish, like I wish I could have ridden some of those creatures. Like if I could have right. gotten on top of the Thunderjaw, and and I don't I don't need to ride it across the plains or anything like that. But right, uh, I mean there are, there are a couple uh, ones that you can one couple machines that you're able to ride, but they're all. Like basic, oh, sure. yeah, they're all basic ones. Where like, man, I, I wish I could get on like that Panther one. That'd be fucking cool. And in, in a time period, not too, uh, it was like a week, two weeks before uh, Breath of the Wild came out, and the, everybody's just losing their mind over the innovation that they brought to a, you know, a very tired genre, which is open world. And you made the comment earlier today about how this game kind of helped you through that piece in a way. For this game to stand up how it does, and for this game to be in a situation where it feels genuine, even being an older style first person. I'm sorry, uh, third person open world game. Like, and again, we said this. I'm gonna say it again. Like, this was their first stab at doing a game this way. It's incredible. Like to come out of the gates. It's and, a hard genre to to do. I mean, they were like these are guys that were up against Call of Duty. They were up against Halos. Like they've talked about that. Like we were in a, we were the genre game that like. Kind of got brushed aside because of the giants. How how uh, how disheartened do you think they were that like we've been we've been kind of playing second fiddle to Call of Duty and to Halo uh, throughout our shooter time, and now okay, you know what we're gonna make something completely different. You know what we're right. gonna do? We're gonna make this open world game. Uh, it's gonna start. Like, we're gonna like we're really gonna do this thing. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have the bow and arrow combat. Uh, you're gonna be fighting big monsters. It's a lot about exploration. And then as soon as they were about to come out, like, oh, by the way, <laughs> Breath of the Wild came out. It's one of those You're things. like, Jesus, man. <laughs> but here's the thing. For them to be this, like, newer company, they're what, probably 15 years old? I don't even think they're that old, are they? Let's say 10 years old. I don't know. So 10 years old. Maybe they are that old. Shit. So they're 15, 10 years old, something like that. They come out in a year of new Nintendo hardware. Mm-hmm. They come out against arguably one of the best games ever made. And they are able to stand up against it and still get praise and recognition in a year that has been full of other great games. Like I think for them, like if you got to be second place to somebody, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, even even for people like me, uh, and I'm sure there are a lot of people like me who bought Zelda when Zelda came out, and that's what they played, or right. they or they had other games that they were playing at the time, and 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 uh, Horizon Zero Dawn just kind of fell through the cracks, right? Uh, uh, they they found it again later and picked it up. Like yeah. I I borrowed Johnny's copy. Uh, it was relatively cheap for for Black Friday, and I, that's that's a game that people probably will continue to discover as time goes on. I think that's a game that can have a long tail to it because it's it's a, just a really good game. And e- even if it came out at a tough time, it's it's good enough that uh, I think you're going to see an uptick of sales for that game. In probably January, once people start listening to Game of the Year episodes, yeah. because I think it's going to show up. Well, I mean, t- to date our show here, but tonight is the Video Game Awards. Yeah. And this game was su- not surprising to me, at least, in a lot of categories. Yeah, totally. And I know that the Flash well sale... Well earned. Yeah, well earned. And the Flash sale went live today. Uh, this game was as cheap as $20 during the big sales. And I think that... What an incredible value for what you got out of that game. And there's hours to be played there. Um this is a game that I'm just really thankful to play. Like that's a weird term to say about a video game, but like mm-hmm. I am so thankful for the time I had with that game this year. And much like Night of the Woods, I thought about the story there a lot too. And I don't want to like underplay how great the writing was there. Right. So, um, 
I only hope if they do continue this it's game. the best narrative of the year. It, I agree. Like, And I got news for you. When I went and <laughs> voted for my games on the Video Game Awards, that's what I voted for. Because Night in the Woods wasn't, uh, wasn't an option. Night in the Woods had a better category on there, which I really appreciated. Uh, games, the, 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 the games with feeling or games with impact. Yeah. And I think that that's a perfect spot for yeah, it. totally. Uh, my number two is Monster Hunter Stories. Man, you've got me more intrigued. <laughs> you know what? Scratch everything I told you today. That's the game I want to play next. I really do. I think I'm going to try to play that. You, I need to let you borrow my copy so I stop playing it. No, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i get one to play. I don't want um, Yeah, I, I like Monster Hunter Stories a lot. I've talked about it a ton too much over the last uh, number of weeks so i'm going to kind of keep it short and sweet uh it's a game that came out of nowhere for me it is uh, a japanese rpg i I never really enjoyed the monster hunter games uh when i tried them the more traditional ones but this one is is built as as a jrpg that i'm very kind of familiar with it's got a pokemon feel to it they they do a really great job with the combat that is engaging in a way that that pokemon isn't like I played some Pokemon Ultra Sun or Ultra Moon uh, this year, and it was hard to go back to after playing playing Monster Hunter Stories. Not because it's necessarily worse, but it's a lot slower. Yeah, and and I it's part of it was that I was playing the same Pokemon game I'd kind of played before. Uh, but the other thing is just like I feel like we've I'm the Monster Hunter. <laughs> I feel like we've. Per- Rest a little bit from that, or like Pokemon needs to do something more, and and I hope the the. Do you feel that this is the future for Pokemon? With Amiibo, you mean? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just, I guess what I'm alluding to. I'm I'm currently pointing to uh, Chase's four amazing <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter Amiibo. Uh, do you think that Nintendo should learn from what Monster Hunter Stories does and bringing stuff over to? I think they can take some inspiration for sure. There's yep. there's uh, like this game is is a big. 3D. It's not a big 3D world in the same way that Zelda's a big 3D world, but it's a uh, these stages that you can be immersed in a little bit more. And I think what Pokemon's done in 3D has has not been as compelling, or they haven't taken as much advantage of being in 3D uh, with the beginning of X and Y and onward. Uh, so I, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I like this game a lot. It's was, I've, was this your number one on your Gamers on the Go podcast? Yeah, it was number one for handheld games. So uh, my number one here is is something on a console. <laughs> but uh, I like Monster Hunter Stories an absolute ton, uh, and I've I've put so much time into it. I might have put more time into it than any other game this year. Yeah, no, I can totally get that. And I'm still technically kind of playing it with you're putting the, time in today yeah it's it's got the mission stuff yeah. like from assassin's creed brotherhood where you're able to send your monsters out for xp and and items so i'm still kind of going i've got some of the the biggest monsters and i'm to the point where it's like i don't need to really put that much more time into this game but i can keep taking my 3ds with me to work and every two hours check in and say yeah yeah go go on another mission and it also kind of gives you that free-to-play jolt of like yeah hey yeah i'm using the timers and i gotta use my time efficiently but also i'm not spending any extra money and isn't that great like how much money am i saving by doing by just checking this timer every once in a while (laughs) so uh yeah, I'm, I will play that game this year. I'm really excited. And you've, you've talked it up to the point where I can't help but be excited and happy that you've had that experience. It's not a perfect game by any means. Sure. Uh, I think the combat uh, can be a little random uh, in in ways that aren't great. But it's just, man, I that game, that game really worked for me on a lot of levels. 
All right, we are we are nearing the end. We're at our number ones this here. Is it. Johnny's number one, which is also Bobby's number one by process of elimination, is The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So, Bobby, tell me about B-O-T-W. So, yeah, surprise, surprise, right? Bobby loves a Zelda game. Um, I I think one what of What are your favorite games of all time? Uh, yeah, this is... You, you said on multiple shows that, that Zelda was one of your top five games ever. Yeah. And Horizon Zero Dawn was one of your top five games ever. Correct. Those, those are both still very true. And I, right. I held up my end of the deal. <laughs> to, you said if we get to the end of the year and you're having to eat crow over it, I'm going to talk to you about it. But I can, mm-hmm. I can proudly say that they are securely in the, the rightful spots for this year. Um, something really crazy happened this year when I bought my Nintendo Switch. I went and got it at midnight. I came home and uh, I had Breath of the Wild. I had the big collector's edition of that. And I, I was immediately taken back to the Nintendo 64 and back to the Super Nintendo when I was like just like feeling all kinds of emotions of experiencing a story and new hardware at the same time. And that really hasn't happened. Like there hasn't been that one-two punch for me for a few years where a new console comes out. Like when the PS4 came out, I think that like I was playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag and I was playing Killzone Shadowfall. Mm-hmm. Like two games that were just kind of okay. Um, the 360, again, Perfect Dark Zero. Oh, that's not great. <laughs> um, I was playing Condemned. Mm, yeah. You know, and so like before that, when I had the GameCube, Luigi's Mansion was good. I enjoyed that time, but still, like you see where I'm going with like, this. Yeah, launch games are, are nor- uh, recent launch games are somewhat rough. Like right. you, you have to go back to like Super Nintendo, where Super Mario World came out, right. or like uh, the NES with with uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers. Like right. this, there have been good launch games in the past, uh, but it's it's tough. Like especially with these new consoles, there's a lot to to wrap your heads around and in, in building this stuff. The developers aren't used to working with this kind of hardware, and they're still they're still testing the water. So normally, the games that come out of that aren't the most mind blowing right. things. But, uh, but yeah, the Switch this year, I mean, I know Mario's not really a launch game, but that in this first year, Nintendo has hit that one-two punch of Mario and Zelda, and yep, these are two of the... Uh, these games are potentially the best of their respective franchises. They both came out in the same year. They've they led could the charge have easily for, put out only those two games this year. Totally. And totally. Been, they would have been fine. If you want to hear... Bobby's thoughts on Breath of the Wild. Listen to any episode of the Casual. Well, no, I was, it's funny you say that because what I was going to say is this: is like Austin Walker does the best job of capturing probably what anybody who loves this game in a most eloquent, well put way. I I can't thank him enough for his his two cents on this game, but. I've talked enough about this game. I'm not going to go into anything here. Yeah, I mean, for one thing I'll say is like for a game that is, when you really break it down, so shallow. Mm-hmm. Like there's the the mission designs are all fetch quests. This, or, go yeah, go, go here, kill this, go here, bring this back. It, nothing to it really. Right. But it's the being in the world that yeah. is the star of the game. It is. It is. Putting, it is the, the hyper-connectedness of the world and how everything reacts to everything else in a very natural and interesting way. And just the, the fact that you can shoot a fire arrow down 
and like you you can be flying gliding and then you can stop your glide shoot a fire arrow down at the ground get your glider back on and then the fire because warm air rises Takes will will take you up on yeah. a on a wind draft and and now you're continuing to glide even more it's just the mechanical connectedness of that world is insane in well, a fantastic way not only that but i think to to take a franchise that for the last 30 years people have been just banking on and predicting and like raving about and to say we're going to mix all that up but don't worry because you're going to find out that the values that you love about this genre and this game are still there and we're going to give you some things that you didn't want but you're so happy you have now yeah and i mean it's it's the best it's the best video game I've ever played and it, it's really really good and I mean, Mario does this too in a way, uh, especially that the the end of New Donk City that we talked about. But Zelda, I think, does an even better job of reminding you why you love Zelda in mm-hmm. the first place, just like directly from the original Legend of Zelda. I think there are lots of parallels that you can make from from that game to Breath of the Wild and how they made you feel. And like, you're not going to be put making maps on graph paper with Breath of the Wild. Right. But you are going to use Breath of the Wild's map in a similar way that you did to uh, the original Zelda's map. Like it's 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 a game about exploration and moving around the world and becoming familiar with the world in a way that a lot of games don't do these days because they'll just give you a map that has all the icons on it and you just go directly there right. and they'll draw a little line on it for you. And even some games will draw the line in the world as you're moving to something. Well, I mean, like just like the simple fact that this is a game about Princess Zelda who is being told that like you have to be this person and doesn't want doesn't know how to doesn't want to be this person and like you've played for thirty years knowing that well, that's Princess Zelda she obviously wants to be this person you have mm-hmm. to you have to help her do that and then to find out she's that, someone to be saved all the time and in this in this game she's the one who kind of has to do with some of the saving. She's been saving your ass for a hundred years while you've been dead. And that she almost kind of resents you in a way because you represent the oppression that she feels of being this thing. There's a lot there that I, I mean, I could talk three more hours on this, <laughs> and I'm not going to. So well, we gonna, don't have three more. I'm going to stop there and just say I want to hear what is your number one because at this point in time I'm a little confused. As yeah, I'm I'm not 100 percent happy with what my number one game is of the year. It's Destiny Two. Um, it's a, it's a game that I resented for a very long time uh, because because of all this stuff that's gone on. This is this has been a year where backlash to games as a service, backlash to loot boxes, sexual uh, predators. <laughs> Does Destiny have that problem? No, I just want to <laughs> okay. put that in there. <laughs> I, you know, we're taking that stuff down too. Okay, yeah, uh, that really doesn't affect Destiny, but okay. <laughs> um, but like with all that stuff coming out, it's it's really made me question a lot of my gaming tastes, yeah. and and it's made me you know feel like a, a sour taste in my mouth when I think about Destiny. If, yeah, man, I put a ton of time into that game. I put uh, not a ton of money into it, but I put some money into that game. And I, I don't. I just the way 
the way that we would go weeks on end of like, this is the only exotic I'm looking for. And it's like, ah, fuck, I didn't get it again. Right. And I just, you know, oh, I got three of them because that's just the way the Thanks, algorithm seems to Thanks, work. Thanks, Luke Smith. Uh, it's just, yeah, we were definitely cursing Luke Smith's name. Well, at the same time, praising and, it. Praising it and yep. playing it and continuing to play it because yep. mechanically, shooter wise, control wise, it's the best shooter of all time. Without it, doubt. It's it somehow is even better than Destiny One, which was the best shooter of all time at that point. Without doubt. Uh there's there's so much in there to explore and do and play and shoot and find that I, I was I kept coming back to it. I I don't want to be a person who does games as a service. I yeah. I don't want to only focus on a single game especially not with the the podcasts that we do like we right. we need to remain uh somewhat fresh on on games and, and september keep was a in. bad bad month <laughs> <laughs> and yeah like when destiny comes out that's all we played yeah. that's all we played for a while and uh i i think i think other than a couple nights ago when curse of osiris uh came out uh, I was ready to find any way possible to demote Destiny 2 down. You were looking for it. And once we played a little bit of Curse of Osiris, and I got back into playing it, and you know, I, I got, I'll say, I got some pretty lucky exotic drops. You did. <laughs> um, I, got the, I got the Jade Rabbit pretty immediately, which is one of my favorite guns from Destiny 1 that just came back in this expansion. Uh, I... I remembered why I love Destiny. Yeah. And I feel good again saying despite in totally in spite of of all the things that I don't like about it, I still love this game. Sure. And it's it's one I'm going to remember enjoying a lot even if my feelings will continue to be complicated on it. So Destiny 2, my number one game of the year, somewhat begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, we've had, like, some of my favorite moments in gaming this year has been playing that game with you and my cousin. Absolutely. Same same here. I, I think if it was just me on my own, uh, this game probably wouldn't have been number one. It's it's really that we got to play it together. Right. And, and we built moments together, and we talked about it together. It's it's a special game yeah. for, for that. Just that it's, it's brought I, us closer. I plan on playing that game for a long time. I told you earlier, I'm all in on that. Um... I'm not a huge fan of the first-person shooter genre in general. Like you mentioned having that fatigue. Yeah. I have that fatigue with, with shooters, but totally. this, this has resurged my, my feelings on that. So um, I got to say, I'm very impressed with the list. I think that, again, doing a doing a full year with you on the show, like in, we kind of knew where this was going to be. Mm-hmm. I never thought Destiny would be your number one. But it makes kinda, sense. Kind of just nothing overtook it. Like yeah. There were lots of games that I liked a lot. But like this, this should have been the year for Persona Five. This should have been the year for Fire Emblem, and uh, the one one game that I didn't mention at all uh, on this episode. I mentioned it on our on our previous episode with the categories. Fire Emblem Heroes should have been my number one yeah. because I played so much of that game, right. and it was such a great nostalgia trip for me of not only Fire. Emblem games that I played, but even Fire Emblem games that I haven't and want to play. Right. Uh, and for that game to do almost everything right, and then just totally be money grubbing, it just ruined it for me. 
and sure. and ruin me in the process. Uh, like that should be my number one game with a with a fucking like ace up its sleeve. That is that is the game, um, and they just they they hurt me a little too much. Uh, so I I kind of had to disqualify that game from oh, from fair. every possible category in my in my head and in my heart, uh, and that just left me with Destiny Two, which I'm I'm perfectly happy. Yeah, with. yeah. So that's been our game of the year. Um, super. We happy. did it. We did it. It's been an amazing year for gaming. I think next year's going to be better. Um, I hope. You think next year's going to be better? I think next year's going to be better, but I, you had two of your all-time favorite games come out this I, year. Those are only two. I think how many games I played this Shut year? Shut up, Bobby. You This was this was your year. 2017 right, was the I'll Bobby P's year. 2018 it's, it's, is the Chase Kennedy that's year. That's fair. <laughs> the, 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 the time between peaks here, I think there'll be some really neat things. I'm really excited. Honestly, I'm really excited to see what the Switch does. Next year, yeah. I mean, the it's now that they've built it up, they've yeah. they've got the two big bangers. We had Mario Kart that was also fantastic, uh, despite being a, an old game. They've they've put out a lot of good content to to say that this is a console that is worthy. We're going to support it. Right, people like it. Other developers are getting on board now, and yeah, I can't wait to see what next year is. Now that everybody is on board. And is going to go full throttle on it. Totally. So, um, listen, we'd love to hear from our fans out there. Send us your top five games of the year. And if you feel like telling us why, we'll read it on the show. Um, we'll have all of our information posted for you to go and make fun of and, and tell us why we're right or wrong. Um, again, uh, I know it's not the end of the year, but for us, this is a big episode to say thank you for all of you who have listened and made the show uh, what it is. This is something that we, we love look, uh, to, to talk about games with one another. But if we get to share some stuff with you and tell you about a game that might make your your approach to gaming different, hey, that's a that's a plus for us also. Um, I plugged it last episode. I'm gonna plug it again. Chase, you do gamers on the go. That's true. You have your top ten list. Correct? Yeah, my top ten list is on is on gamersonthego.com. Uh, if you're listening to this, it should be up by now. Um, and then I also did my show with uh, with my friends and gamers on the go colleagues, uh, Pierce Corshane and Matt Jaguer. And we talked about the the best handheld games that came out in 2017. Heck yeah. Um, We are looking forward to 2018, what we might cover there. But for the time being, if you want to find out more about our shows, you can go to our website, which is thecasualhour.com. We are on iTunes. We have a great Instagram account that has a bunch of silly art on it. You can find us there at The Casual Hour. We're all over Twitter, uh, which is at The Casual Hour as well. And we would love to have uh, your thoughts and opinions, so please share them with us. Thank you so much for uh, listening, and we are signing off for our second annual Game of the Year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for the third. <laughs>